All right. So hi, everyone. Welcome to the 11th and last episode of season 11 of Productize podcast. In the season, we were talking about the future of our cities and their possible digital transformation. Our mission is the same from the very first ep episode back in 2017, when we started podcasting to inspire people to impactful action. And my name is Indre Marquis. I'm your host. In this episode, we come full circle and we'll be talking with Agul Radfila. Agla is the digital futurist angel author of Vilnius Digital Strategy. And Agla was in the position of the Vilnius City Municipality as a CTO from 2018 until 2021. Currently, she's the head of the Lithuanian CIOs Club, CIO.LT, Digital Train Board and Harvard Digital Program member. Egla has a PhD in Information Engineering and Technology, and she recently graduated from Harvard Leading Digital Innovators Program. Welcome, Egla. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Just amazing. <laughs> Waiting for questions. Great. So maybe we can jump start into this current crisis that we're living in. and as as we know Lithuania is you know bordering Russia and Belarus and are you I mean the question I have is are you worried about the current situation uh, we are worried about Ukraine of course we are helping a lot and uh, I'm personally training people <laughs> maybe 10 years for be prepared for this situation. So we feel quite safe and um, just living our lives. So you tell me you were kind of preparing for the situation? Uh, we were, we always are, because uh, we have volunteer organization like Kediminas Legionas, and mm -hmm. the main mission is to create situations like uh, testing people what if and uh, it's civilian test tests so we are working on that so we're not so afraid uh, maybe we're not afraid of anything <laughs> and this is a situation like that it's not new and uh, so we're not afraid be sure all right so uh, for those that might not know, you are also the head of the Geldiminas Legion, which is the Lithuanian cyber crazy people. And I'm just quoting here, a volunteering organization. And uh, you were working in Ukraine, in Kiev, in Busha. And this organization existed before the war started, like you were mentioning. So how was it founded? And why was it founded? Okay, because for so, lots of people, what is happening nowadays was rather unexpected, but obviously not for you. I was living with the storytelling of my grandma about Second World War. So I was like always thinking, what if? And then started doing all this uh, testing uh, ceremonies. Uh, one of the biggest was in Vilnius City. We asked... Uh, our citizens to come uh, and to just be a volunteer uh, from cyber side and from uh, fishing side, from IT side. 
we had 70 volunteers and we have hundreds of uh, other uh, of our city other companies so it was like huge uh, event uh, one early sunday morning and we were preparing for our uh, belarusia astrap or whatever russian attack but it was like training city and it was 2019 summer and then COVID came and this 70 uh, was 7,000 volunteers and these people were helping from computers, schools, wherever, remote works, uh, everything like how to install Zoom or where to found a new computer. So we call it Legion of Gediminas and then we were working a lot. Uh, in Ukraine, we created uh, Mariupolis uh, cyber uh, network before the war, and uh, now we are working uh, in Kiev like volunteer organization. Of course, not just in Kiev, but the main office is in Kiev. So it was a story. I understand. And how is the organization different from? Um other organizations actively founded, uh, I understand also in Lithuanian uh, soil to provide humanitarian help to Ukraine? Uh, first of all, just because we were working a uh, few years ago and never stopped working in Ukraine, we know a lot of uh, culture here. I was working where to go, where not to go. And uh, we are working with uh, technological and uh, cyber uh and uh, of course we more or less are alone here in ukraine because nobody wants to go there and uh, um, so we are working just do, do you do you actually angle do you do you actually need to go um or because of the nature of this uh, cyber um help most of the help is done via the internet right if you don't actually need to yeah, be if it is no internet so you cannot connect there is no, but there's no internet connectivity in part of ukraine yes there is no but we are also working with humanitarian evacuation and mm -hmm. how we started so we got a message from uh multiple uh intergarden and uh, they asked us help and evacuate so we did it of course and then we started evacuated people from ukraine destroyed places to uh, border with poland and then we agree with embassies from Lithuania and ukraine that we will care about food uh, humanitarian help and with uh, technological help and with evacuation so we're working also here and uh, yes there is no people that wanted to evacuate so it's so we are trying to help. So when you speak about technology help, what kind of technological help are you are you providing? Are you I don't know providing a Starlink communication, uh, satellite dishes? You know what kind of uh, tech help is is there? Uh, mostly drones, and uh, uh, just a lot of configuration, a lot of simple help, uh, and. A little bit of data, a little bit of analysis, uh, just trying to do we doing every day here in Vilnius, just to adapt and to help, not military side, but just more or less municipalities or 
people. Mm -hmm. All right. So how did you start with technology? What's your personal um, path towards technology? Were you always considering becoming a technologist since very early years or were you actually thinking about other fields and ended up going in tech? I was a person who knew that I will be a technology person from 11 and there was no question about anything else. I was dancing also ballet, but it was like my human side. Okay. But it was like direct. I finished IT school during my teenager and then decided to university and then IT, 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 no, no questions and no going around, no selecting or trying. So it's my in my soul and it's my life. And uh, so, why 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 the passion of why the passion with technology at uh, the age of eleven? What was there? Was there? I was just reading Carl Sagan's um, Carl Sagan's bio just before this conversation just happened, uh, um, and. As a matter of fact, he's actually born out of uh, Ukrainian parents, has, I mean, as you might have known. So uh, on his bio, at least uh, according to Wikipedia, um, when he was a child, he visited the World Exposition in New York back in 1939, a long time ago. And that's how he got into technology and science, because his parents were very poor. They were really not scientists at all, so, but he got his eyes open to this world of technology by happenstance of going to this uh, tech fair um, in, in the 1930s. Um, did you have this aha moment yourself or were you educated? Yes, towards yes I have. <laughs> My father uh, brought home a laptop. It was a very big laptop and I wanted to know what's inside and open it into a million pieces. And in the morning, he saw it. He was very angry. <laughs> and then he said that, just fix it. Okay. So <laughs> I never fixed it. But uh, I, I got a lot of friends who know IT network. Then I started IT school. Uh, th that was the first uh, moment. So <laughs> I was trying to understand what is inside. Yeah, so one of those back in the day big laptops when you know they were not very portable, they were just transportable somehow. Yeah, I remember those days. Okay. Um nowadays, of course, you are an accomplished technologist, you have a PhD. Um what was your incentive to to get into uh, a PhD in this field? Um are you are still actively lecturing at the university, if I understand right. Yeah, I'm just like, like uh, sometimes, but not during the week, mm -hmm. <laughs> just during the year, maybe. Uh, I was uh, like, I was not, have no choice to do anything else because my uh, family around were from PhD. So I was working at the head of IT in university, mm -hmm. like department. So professors and others, so nobody just asked, do you want to go <laughs> or not to go? So of course you should go. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, like trying or, or searching, uh, maybe researching uh, human brain. 
uh, waves uh, and I was trying to do my experiments with kids and I cannot even imagine now on our culture, ethnoculture and biological culture, how I tried to do it, but uh, I was like enjoying what I am doing and it was like something like innovation. So I finished it. Uh, six years of PhD, it was like, wow. Wow. And never, never want to try it again. Done. You never. But you recently graduated, uh, just on that segue, from Harvard University, and that uh, that was the leading digital innovators uh, innovators program. Um, why did you engage into this uh, specific study program at at uh, Harvard University? I should say that uh, Bloomberg was like uh, a mission. He had a mission uh, to help people who are in government sector. Mm-hmm. And uh, these people, of course, are quite uh, unhappy because nobody can understand what they're talking. Mm-hmm. They do not have good relationships or management skills. So he took uh, me from the, to this program. And uh, we were like 10 or 12 in the class from government sector. And we were studying together, talking about the problems and so on. But the main mission was to create these people in Europe who can um, do policy of digitalization. Mm-hmm. Policy, I mean, like uh, talking with different levels of people and can understand what, what to do and not what not to do. So uh, I was very happy because it was really very skilled uh, program. And, uh, and I think that I am quite lucky that he was like here and, and selected. So, can you can you share with us maybe any memorable insights? You know, not necessarily from an education perspective, but uh, from your experience at this program. Because I, I, you know, let me just tell you that last Sunday night I was uh, having dinner at the City Council of Lisbon here uh, with the, the the Mayor of Lisbon, Mr. Carlos Muedas, and. He was, uh, he was actually, he's also an Harvard alumni, and he was uh, talking about some of the stories and the, the great professors that happened to, to be in this, uh, some of this program. So any memorable, memorable insight from yourself? Maybe building. <laughs> okay. It was like in a Bloomberg office, one, one of the lessons wasn't here. So it was like, transport approximately 15 years to the future so i was so <laughs> the, the building surprised. itself yes the building the composition area mm-hmm. and uh, then i just i understood that it's very important with whom you are studying and where you are sitting and you, you can just sit and uh, talk like in the zoom or you can just be a part of the future of everything so wow it was amazing so what, what do you mean part, part of the future a part of it of the future in which sense uh, Agla? Uh-huh. i think the future of all these details so you are sitting with this uh composition of architecture and you know that this composition could be like uh, more or less 20 years in the future in other buildings because it's, it's bloomberg building so you can create your own minds and to understand how you can do in your city 
almost uh, the same things. So not from technology side I'm talking, but from understanding how it should be. So I was very, very surprised about this uh, composition in, in the building. And uh, it was for me very, very uh, useful to understand. But uh, from perspective from Harvard, uh, like studies and uh, all this knowledge that I got. So it was nice, but it was not so like I, it was something very new. He just put everything in the nice place, in right place. And that's also, this is it, building. All right, buildings are important. Um, as you know, one of the, the you know, Nicolas Negroponte, uh, in his book, Being Digital, is uh, having the story, right, about the MIT Media Lab and how, the building itself uh, was not inducing happenstance of researchers because the way that the buildings are designed to allow for human interaction and happenstance and people that, you know, researchers, I guess like every corporate employee or uh, we have the, the nature of, you know, we have our jobs, we have our calls, we have our workload and, you know, if there's no happenstance, it's not like I'm not, not going to talk to you just because, right? We might actually work in the same building in the same, sometimes in the same floor, but, you know, there is no connection and we might spend years without actually talking to each other. So the way buildings are designed to promote um, natural conversations, uh, water cooler conversations, this kind of uh, happenstance conversations is very important. Um, so, Let's get in a little bit into product. So you have been um, a CTO of the city of Vilnius for more than three years. Was this position functioning in, in Vilnius before or were you the very first CTO of the city? I'm the only one. <laughs> you were the only one yeah, so far. Yeah, so far. <laughs> because you were working with the elected mayor from the, the Liberal Party, if I understand correctly, of the city. And yeah. did he invite you? What, what's the story? How did you get to go into this position? I was working a lot in government sector with different positions. And uh, administrator director uh, was from IT side. And our mayor uh, fully understand everything about what is important with IT. And mm. we have uh, IT, uh, it's internal IT head in, in municipality, caring about technologies. So uh, this administration director invited me just come and we can talk. Then we start talking and uh, we made a lot of nice things together. So it was like uh, to be in place with other IT, but not IT guys. So they are not direct IT, they are like managers, mayor uh, and uh, directors, uh, directors. So I was like, uh, just, I got a call and I said, oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Like everything like simple like that. And you were working directly, um, answering to the to, to the CEO of the city. Yeah. CEO of the city, meaning the mayor. 
No, CR, the city in Lithuania is uh, our administrative director, so it's called CR, because mm. uh, mayor uh, is political political mm. person, but uh, this is just structure. Uh, our mayor is also talking with um, CRs and CPOs and uh, in, in, on the same page and at the same table, so it's no problem at all. And he's really amazing with communication and with empathy. So nice. So that was good. Uh, why did you leave the position? Uh, we decided that uh, all these initiatives that we uh, made with uh, our team and with our uh, municipality are really very nice. And these initiatives should be projects and then should be like services and uh, these initiatives were very innovative mm -hmm. and we decided to create a department and to put these initiatives into a special department of innovation and data in our municipality company so now i'm like like <laughs> i created now i should explore everything and to, to, to create um, projects so uh, i'm not moved uh, we create a company <laughs> for these projects so yeah. you, you have you have you did the spin-off and you are now running like a startup for um exploring city data and creating a product around data for cities yeah and uh, it's as like uh, we had this company like Vilnos Planners before, so we changed everything. And uh, now we are working here like CTO, uh, whatever it calls. So we are caring about data and innovations, uh, but not just like from political side, uh, but from brewing side. <laughs> so we should do everything. We have a drone center here. We have... Uh, analytics uh, team from um, innovation and internet of things and so on. So uh, I'm very proud of this because um, it's a, like continuity of everything we started from three years ago. All right. And during the, your tenure as the CTO of the, of the, the, the city of Vilnius, you were also the creator of the so-called Vilnius Digital Strategy. Can you tell us more uh, what is this charter for the Vilnius Digital Strategy? Okay, we understood that we have uh, a lot of different initiatives. Mm -hmm. And uh, these initiatives are from IT side, but they're not connecting with uh, simple things like transport, mobility, uh, sport, uh, environment, and so on. So I thought that it would be nice to have center, uh, like in the center should be hu human, uh, and he should be very happy human. Uh, and so we made these three KPIs like uh, happy uh, time, um, it's, it's like say, uh, time limit per, per, per day. So you have to have all your time for yourself, not standing in the traffic jam or going to, to by car or with your kid seven or 10 kilometers. 
and third was about uh, health. Uh, and it was the start of digital uh, policy, because everything what we are doing should be connecting with each other and should be made by technology if it is needed. And uh, if it is not needed, so we can do it other way. So this, uh, this strategy was the push of uh, new Vilna strategy we connect all these strategies and then we made a data policy internet of things policy of course drone policy and i think that this minus two in strategy changed a lot uh, and uh, now we are where, where we are now so it's it's good I'm all right so maybe just for for some of the the listeners trying to understand what was there before what is what was the situation before three i mean three or four years ago and what is the current situation now what what has actually changed in in practical terms for the city and for the life of the citizens of the, the city yeah we were uh first with open data uh, four years ago and it was like pioneers we are doing something with open data and then we implement everything into a normal life. So technology not cell-phone orientated. First, we have to create service policy, like uh, to understand how we are working, uh, our team, uh, our uh, people, citizen, what is different from uh, the different age uh, or different generation. So what I wanted to say that it's not about uh, devices, about uh, special projects, because I, I can say that we won a last year that place of Vilnius of innovation capital. So a lot of different innovation, but I want to say that technology and or strategy of technology could be uh, the background of everything. And uh, we made a lot of uh, uh, work with uh, this managing things. So. And difference, uh, our city like uh, working uh, um, every day, decision uh, made by data, uh, so data driven, and uh, we have a lot of uh, nice, simple services like uh, do not go everywhere. We have online, everything online, of course, maps, uh, a lot of data, uh, automatization, um, we have uh, trees and we are like uh, managing these uh, trees from our centers so a lot of automatization automatization was made here and uh, I think so like that so I can talk a lot of but <laughs> so I wanted to say that technology is not about mm -hmm. uh, technologies technology is about human of course uh, but uh, it's also about more efficiency it's also about providing uh services that were not possible before because suddenly you can do at the fraction of the costs um you know a good example you can give an example for example right. we have waste management problems every waste city, management every city has waste management problem so we are working with drones scanning uh uh, every day and uh, we're using machine learning sometimes artificial intelligence to understand how um, these uh, 
containers uh, could be changed or how car could be uh, organized by a different way we're not we're not putting uh, internet of things devices into containers we are you are not no we're looking from the sky so okay. it's because that, that's from what i know that's a very uh, novel way to look at the problem which In, is internet of things uh, no no what, what you're ah. doing right using yes, drone yes yes because yes uh, and and because of course, mobility. I've, I've done uh, at least here in Lisbon is they actually did that. So every every container has a, an IoT device, and and what what you're telling me is that um, you are actually using drones and and like flying drones passing by the city. What's you know is this is this what 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 is happening? You're you're using this pattern flying, and they then by statistical analysis. With a combination of artificial intelligence and, and data, uh, is are you guys are able to understand that? So why did you go into that approach? Is it because it's more efficient than having an IoT device in every single container, or is it just more effective? What's the, the strategy there? When we finished our digital strategy, we had like. Uh new policies. One of the policies was Internet of Things, and we are, we are analyzing how we can manage our data. Then we start a data policy, and so it's like everything is planned. So uh, we are using drones uh, because we are not using uh, uh, a lot of the uh, uh, Internet of Things uh, devices, so sensors or something, because uh, it's cheaper to have uh, the, the way we are working. Uh, so uh, we have drone centers, uh, people who are working with drones, automatization with drones, and we're analyzing data because it's changing every time. So we need to have mobility plans to understand how people are working uh, or driving or whatever they're doing. So uh, for example, we need to uh, inspectize the city for different reasons. So. We decided to have drones because it's uh, cheaper, more uh, effective, and uh, it was like a simple way. We, of course, started with uh, a lot of nice services like uh, delivering uh, medicine uh, and, and so on, but it was like um, initiatives and then COVID came. So we were expertizing in the city. We uh, had this, um, uh, voice uh, around that please do not go or other things that we are doing analysis from uh, for old uh, roof and so on so now it's like simple service and 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 uh, I don't even know what, why exactly we started with this but it was like deciding it was a little bit cheaper than not to put everything a different type of device all right, I think that's a very interesting um, way to 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 tackle the issue. Are you somehow working on it now, or having in mind that you are no longer in the CTO position? Um, are you still active, actively working on some of these um, developments in the the startup that you have created to explore some of these technologies? Yes, sure. Uh, here <laughs> I have this whole department. So, uh, so that's the actual headquarters of your of your company. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, ten meters from municipality, so we are uh, like 
oh, every Monday we are uh, saying what we did to our you, maps. You are you, are you still working with them? Yes, yes, every day. But has a has a private company has a private. It's not, so it's not private company. It's our municipality special company, mm -hmm. and our municipality decided to create the spin-off in his own area. Oh, okay. So the spin-off belongs to the municipality, like yes. a startup that belongs to the municipality. Sorry, it's mind-blowing to me to hear such a, yes. such a concept. Yes. Like municipalities <laughs> here definitely not uh, actively engaged into being shareholders of private uh, startups. But that makes lots of sense. And one of the things, and, and it, it makes sense to me because one of the things that uh, municipalities always struggle is um, finding talent like yours, right? Finding uh, high quality talent. And, um, and of course, I guess people like you have a mission, are mission driven, so and impact driven. So you're probably doing a trade off between what you can get in the private sector and what you can get in the public sector. But at the end of the day, you know, we are all all rational uh, economic agents. So uh, it, it, if it's not sustainable in the long run, it's not sustainable. How are um, in, in from your experience, how can cities tackle this issue of talent competition um, and 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 having you know talented uh, skilled uh, people inside their organizations that can actually engage in this very high-tech leading state-of-the-art technology because otherwise people will just jump into the private sector and 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 then you know, uh, municipalities and not just municipalities, but they they have all these contracts with with private, uh, you know, private uh, contractors and consulting companies. But at the end of the day, they don't have a product vision, right? They lack the the technological perspective to have enough deep tech insights. Uh, and 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 by outsourcing that, they also outsource vision. And I saw. I think it's very important not to outsource vision, um, because when you are outsourcing vision, you are also outsourcing strategy, and you know um, you cannot really deliver the most most of the value to to the citizens. So, how how do you tackle this this balance? I think the most important thing is uh, main team. Because when you have, uh, you know, mayor who is really direct uh, um, supporting uh, these um, visions, and then these departments who they can do almost everything, and then the team who can, I don't know, drive any innovation here in Vilnius. So this is the best place to be here because wherever you can imagine that you can do you can do here so you know it's like uh, amazing thing for example we decided that we can uh, that our new generation should uh, learn it as must language so we did it and we have like uh, now prototype for schools like 200 
children they are like uh, learning how to code now no code is for school <laughs> now okay. they are learning cyber and okay cyber security yes. then okay. nft esport uh, e and artificial intelligence so hmm. uh, which which grades which grades are uh, from which ages are you teaching this now we are trying with the uh, uh, eight nine and ten class but uh, the mission is from five, five fifth class to 12th class because uh, after this they should uh, be just normal it person and then they can create their own life mm. art whatever medicine but with skilled from themselves so Let's go back to your question. So, you know, when I, I'm trying to get person th to be here, like a uh, new colleague, so, and I'm talking what we are doing here with this innovation. So always the answer is yes. <laughs> so uh, we're not so uh, far away from private, but we are on the system that we can change the system. So. Mm -hmm. Nice I, I, I guess the, the company that you are working for right now is essentially working as a private company. So you can yeah, sure. you can set your own salaries and, you know, even if you don't have uh, stock options, maybe people can have some kind of vesting into the company. Um, yeah, that's that's such an exciting move. Uh, so what you what, what what you're saying is that in the city of Vilnius, the actual municipality is actively engaging the, the public schools to um, help them put on, this, on, on the, the curriculum topics such as advanced IT topics like, you know, cybersecurity, Web3, artificial intelligence, and so on. Yes. Wow. And... Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, th those are really interesting topics. You know, after 10 uh, years, they came, uh, they will come uh, into the life and they will course. be, wow, they will yeah, be and, so and, smart. But, but the fact that the actual municipalities is taking the lead towards that and not the National uh, Education Ministry or the Ministry of Education uh, is uh, quite surprising. Don't you have a clash between the Lithuanian uh, National Ministry of Education and the what is the authority of the Vilnius um, city? Okay, so we are adding this lesson, like additional lesson. And mm -hmm. when we are in... So it's uh, like an optional, optional class that kids can have or... Yes, it's an optional, but option is one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you have to opt out. You don't have to opt in, right? So, uh, and this is okay. Out. So you have to find the way how to do it. Because yes, of course, we can say, oh, it's national, national uh, minister business. So we cannot do anything. Let's sit and wait. So, and it will never gonna happen. So we are thinking how we can manage it. Let's try. So, you know, this, these uh, uh, students, they talking about crypto. So they're talking about how to hack. And uh, so it's, it's amazing. and and. Uh, it's it's nice. All right. So one of, one of the things that I, I got from our very first guest, uh, Yusis Petronis, uh, that I believe worked with you, he told me how um, 
your vision for mobility was also uh, different, a little bit out of the box, if you allow me. So he told me that, uh, you know, when I was speaking with Agla and uh, she was such a, an inspirational force because she was talking about mobility. And of course, now everyone is talking about the so-called 15 minute, uh, fifth minute, 15 minute city or 15 minute uh, concept by Carlos Moreno. But uh, um, but I guess back back in the day, what you told them is like, if you want to improve mobility, the best way that uh, we can do that is by tackling the school system and having schools that uh, are good so that parents don't have to, you know, move around. And I was reading this the newspaper, the, the daily newspaper uh, here in, 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 in Lisbon, uh, you know, the, one of the, the, the best newspapers here. And they just published a study here in Portugal that uh, kids from private school, uh, the U, uh, I, I guess this is not super surprising, but still, uh, private school kids, they, uh, they are drove twice the miles of public, public, uh, public uh, school kids, right? Um, so uh, to your point, how does improving the quality of schools will lead to better mobility patterns and you know the this 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 stand this the holy grail of the 15 minute city okay uh, maybe to, uh, there is a lot of different uh, no, the, the, the question is really about how how does improving schools will have an effect on mobility Okay, so two things. One thing that uh, Maya already did it, so they uh, put <laughs> uh, directors of the school to a special management university. So, uh, and uh, now we'll see what is ha gonna happen because uh, it's uh, the same thing that you are talking now mm -hmm. uh, to, to make just uh, the... the the better management system and maybe expect. But uh, other things, what we Sorry, are- Sorry, can you just explain a little bit better? So um, the, the city is paying for the school headmasters to go to a business, a business management uh, training program? Yes. Okay, and the idea is to level their manage, managerial skills? Yes, because normally they are like uh, uh, language uh, uh, teacher or like math, math teacher or right. super, super sports teacher. So how they can make the school uh, amazing if they don't know how to manage people, how to manage uh, communication and other things. So... Uh, this is very important because uh, first of all, it should be a good manager, and then I want to to let my son uh, to the school near my uh, house, not to uh, twenty kilometers away, just because all these schools could be the same. So, and this is the mobility problem solved. So we don't need a uh, apps app uh, application or new uh, traffic light system or managing drones how we are like moving so let's do perfect school near your house so that that's, way. that's a, a very ambitious objective 
um, uh, how 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 bullish are you that you can accomplish that? Because we're talking about essentially public public schools, right? Um, how bullish are you that the city can actually accomplish that? Are you confident? <laughs> like in five years, in 10, maybe it's going to take 30, I don't know. Yeah, but it's okay. It can take 10 years, but you can start now. And uh, uh, we started it, yes, a few years ago. And mm -hmm. now what we can do it. So now we can managing, uh, managing data, understand maybe we ha can have uh, extra stops or uh, change uh, everything. So we are doing it like right now. But looking forward, you have to change the system or thinking. And uh, also we are thinking about this uh, 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 schools like buildings so these directors also caring about these buildings so they, why so uh, they need to be interested in the system how to organize all this school daily life not to be like a superhero about a window who is not working so <laughs> so but step by step we are changing it and it's of course long term but not not maybe not so quick result. Mm -hmm. So one of the measures is um, making, I, I'm just quoting you here, how to make the schools amazing if you're not a manager. So you're training them to be better managers. And the second one is? That you just let these managers to be managers, not right. uh, so superheroes. Right, you don't force them to be doing everything else you you allow them to have the time to focus on their management yeah. practice. we call it a, a human orchestra you know to do everything so you could be a very good manager but it's impossible to understand everything like empathy and uh, building system engineering and uh, electricity <laughs> and so wow so simple two things about mobility that's that's really. I was really not uh, expecting such a technological uh, way. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, to be honest, I was not. I was expecting you. Oh, you know, it's just one of those things that you're saying. But you, you know, there's very little that you can do, and or once you start doing it, maybe you're just pouring money into the problem. But I think the way that you are approaching is okay. No, I really need to give better retool the, the professor, retool the managers and allow them to be better managers and, 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 and then just let them grow organically into better schools is something which I find very, very um, interesting. So recently you have participated in um, the LUC uh, 2020-2022 conference and you, your speech was about Vilnius plan, mission data, a practical Vilnius city innovation. So what is this uh, Vilnius, Vilnius plan about and who is working on it and uh, what will it actually improve in the lives of the citizens of the, of the city for the next uh, years? What's the vision here? Okay, so this Vilnius plan is this spin-off that we are talking about. So these drone centers and innovations. So now we are responsible for data uh, Internet of Things innovations and so on. So uh, our vision is that uh, we have three floors city map uh, and this three floors is underground 
uh, <coughs> ground and uh, drone second uh, floors, streets and uh, environment. So we are working on data, uh, collecting data from everywhere, uh, from our municipality companies, from our, uh, open data, from registers of our Lithuania and so on. So, and then we are doing a lot of different analysis, but the most important thing that we want to create this intelligent twin, we can call it, uh, to understand... Uh, so called the, the digital twin, uh, they also called, right? A digital twin is so well, then it's smart, and then intelligence with different... <laughs> okay. So so we, it's just like a, a city simulator or, or something like that? It could be like... like that but we want to understand more about uh, like uh, people mood so about how they're feeling uh, why they are feeling mm. and so it's like it's like playing the sims the game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you a fan of the the game when i guess you were not because after your laptops, uh, your dad's laptop was was thrown over. There was no no more gaming for you for uh, for a I while. Was, I was playing Constant Strike. That's why I I am with this case in Ukraine. <laughs> okay, you were playing Counter Strike. Good one. Um, all right. So uh, you're talking about intelligent uh, twin, and that's the vision. You really want to build an intelligent twin where you can go as deep as citizens' moods. Isn't that uh, a little bit uh, borderline big brother risk. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could be like that. If I am talking, if I am talking, <laughs> it's political. <laughs> so it sounds a little bit more <laughs> sweeter. But, uh, you know, the, the uh, idea is to understand uh, how we should work better. Because uh, if you are like uh, doing some analysis from data or dashboards, so you cannot understand what is going on. For example, uh, if it, we have uh, like scanners uh, around the streets, uh, like five years, maybe uh, less, uh, we are scanning uh, faces. It's Everything is okay with GDPR, but uh, we can understand how people in different years on the city uh, feeling now. So my idea is to understand how we can change our daily work or uh, like strategy to put this mood a little bit up. So hmm. this is the main thing. How, we, how, do you, how do you evaluate the mood? So people are smiling and hey, NPS 10 where people are yeah. happy and yeah. people are always like, mm, feeling yes. like this, very, yeah. very sad. It's, it's yes. going to lower the score. Is this what you're doing there? Yes, we are doing like that and we're analyzing and uh, a, a lot of different places uh, uh, saying that, yes, we're right. Because you don't need to have data to understand that in this area, there are uh, a lot of problems and they are not so happy. So uh, yes, it's it's one of our R&D project. And, 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 and what, what is on the top? On the top is that we want to understand city as uh, main, 
I, I cannot even explain. You should see it because <laughs> we do, you, we can buildings you, can you when share any, any links with us. Um, we'll be glad to put them on the podcast description afterwards. So uh, if anyone is interested, they can they can visit your website and check it out or video or whatever you think fit. Yes, I think so. I think so. Because the main idea is to have clear situation about what is going on, not to have like, uh, uh, I think. And uh, other mission is to have very clear uh, prognosis about what will be. So uh, where to uh, build a school, where to build street, where to have extra shop where to have like extra tree and so on even we have for example um, data from our scanners about uh, whether that we are breathing and we want to have these tunnels from special trees to understand if i'm allergic from something i'm I, i'm just looking at this uh, uh, app and i can understand that i'm not going this way because right of different allergies and so on so a lot of different things here small things and so on but we have to improve our communication improve about uh, this project information and now we are just like uh, trying to create other thing and more or less we have some results very well. And are, are you planning to sell this technology to other cities or is this going to always be Vilnius first tech? No, Vilnius will be first like a tester, like a lab. A living right? lab, so-called. We can sit a lab. We have this name here about mm -hmm. this experimentation. And thank you, citizens, that they are quite uh, accepting everything and yes of course we want to sell and we are talking with Lithuanians, other citizens about this and with some foreign citizens about this but in with these technologies uh, there are not so much cities that can accept because it's quite high tech or something like that and you cannot just put this tech into the city the city should be uh, acceptable uh, the culture uh, uh, of the municipality, they should understand what is important or not. They need to just be sure that they want to change something. So you cannot just like buy, uh, like sell like a product and, and that's all. Mm -hmm. So what are the traits that you are looking into a, a city council or a city management in order to qualify them to use the technology. So being at the forefront of technology, being visionary about it, what else is there? Uh, for maybe the most important, be sure that you are caring of the city, not just being a municipality and to understand that city is not municipality. It's ecosystem of business, science, uh, happy and unhappy people uh, about political situation uh, near the borders and so on. So it's, it's ecosystem and you should care and help. So then you can use it. Uh, so it's everything about the understanding, like, I don't know, it's like uh, empathy, maybe. Right. First of all. Always the human factor. Mm -hmm. 
So you are also the head of the, the Lithuanian CIO club. What is this uh, club about? And um, what are you, the, the participants uh, actually sharing there? Is it best practices or helping each other? It's like a mentors club. Well, what, what's the idea behind it? Okay, so we are like community of private and public uh, sector head of not IT companies. And uh, we're sharing knowledge, sharing friendship, sharing uh, everything what we can share. We are working about 10 years and uh, we have like 17 different uh, IT guys and some women. And some women. <laughs> It's still in, I don't know how is the situation in Lithuania, but maybe it's, it, I would say it's still a, a fairly male uh, dominated uh, arena ground. Um, are, but, you know, on another note, you're also a, an expert at the Transparency Academy. Uh, what are your responsibilities uh, as an expert there? Uh, to push uh, this uh, IT sector and to push other sectors into transparency because mm -hmm. uh, it's not so easy to work here in, in government and IT sectors. We have a lot of different problems, procurement and uh, all these things. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm trying to guide people from special agencies that mm -hmm. they are working and also to, uh, to create uh, methods of how we can work uh, in lobbies and so on. So uh, I'm trying to do our country uh, a little bit smarter and a little bit transparent. Mm -hmm. And lower corruption and, and make sure that the processes are transparent. I think that's very important uh, uh, topic. Um, I, I used to be an IT manager in the past, <laughs> and it, I used to. I'm not anymore, as you can see. Um, but uh, yeah, but one of the things I, I remember is uh, the hiring acquisition processes, the procurement was um, at least suboptimal back in the day. Um, and, and sometimes the procurement for IT systems is, is quite a lot of money, right? We're talking about sometimes millions of euros. So there's lots of pressure if you are on, on a position that you can say, uh, you know, contract goes to A, B, or C. On and and um, I definitely think that there's lots of work to be done there in order to make the the practice more transparent and a very important topic there. All right, so just trying to wrap this up around maybe one thing that is very important to me. That's also one of the reasons that I started the podcast coming here from Lisbon and, and trying to, to get this deep dive into city problems, uh, especially um, towards digital or how, you know, how cities can leverage digital in, in, in any way. Can you share any great practices of how uh, city governments in other um, European countries uh, can, um, you know, can, Somehow, let's say someone is listening to this podcast from 
uh, municipality here, where should they start? Should they engage with you? Should they, you know, what is the interface um, in order to, I, I wouldn't say copy, but to drink some of the inspiration of what you guys have done in this past four or five years and, and how that is transforming and bringing uh, Vilnius in, in, into, at the forefront of the cities of the 21st century. Okay, so there is no one like list. <laughs> it's yeah. a book maybe, but... Uh, you have the book already? <laughs> is it coming soon? Okay. Good idea, good idea. Yeah, I maybe. think that first of all, uh, these people, young people, uh, uh, no, okay, I'm not so young, but it's in the government sector is quite young. So these people uh, have nice power, good power, and you should just took this power of innovation about ideas and and initiatives, and let them do that. And uh, yes, maybe some someone will fail or whatever we're failing also, but. Uh, and then these initiatives should be separated into nice projects and closed projects. And these nice projects should be supported by everyone. And these people who are trying to do something should be like supporting by everyone. These doors should be open, otherwise they will not do anything. So this is about the people and about innovation talking. So it's very hard uh, for me to say that one, two, three, because we, we already four or five years of this journey. So we thinking a little bit different. So what is really normal for us, like, uh, yes, of course, uh, work a lot and uh, have this innovation on the top of mere uh, daily work and talking about this innovation into a conference and uh, talking with these people in the yard and asking what they needed and and just what they thinking so a lot of different uh, things so uh, maybe just uh, want uh, a lot to change and then trying to find these people who can change and help them and have uh, a good a good budget for that <laughs> yeah well, budget definitely always helps all right, so vision, but also wanting to change. And um, maybe on a more personal uh, note, um, kind of always do this question in, in, in many ways because we're always so interested about alternative um, scenarios and also especially giving younger people uh, some kind of anchor towards their future selves. So what words of advice would you give your younger self, Agla, who just graduated from high school, uh, still playing Counter-Strike? And would you tell her, you know, do the same, study the same uh, university program kind of, or would you give her any kind of advice to your younger 18-year-old echo version. Maybe work harder. Work harder, even harder. Even harder. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't want to change anything. 
I think that I have quite clear path with uh, different experience in different uh, period of my life, but uh, uh, maybe I'm not sure that I want to change anything. I think that maybe just to uh, have uh, more time with the family, it's very simple because it's uh, I really work hard and and I, I and I think that I can do better, but uh, these people around me they are just <laughs> call me meet me so maybe podcast is... with me <laughs> yeah I know yeah. here to blame mm. yes so I think everything is okay so I'm quite quite uh, in the good feeling about that. All right, everything will be okay. Do you have any books or upcoming events or conferences or anything really that you would like us as a recommendation or for people listening to this? Like, oh, there's something you maybe want to throw at us. I don't like books. I'm almost never reading books. I'm always reading articles. Mm -hmm. And I'm always checking uh, from where are these articles. Because I was page, I am a PhD, so uh, it's from science. So I wish everyone in these running times uh, to read different type of articles from good author uh, about art, about music, about um, trees, about sea, about sport, different, and then trying to connect everything and to create something new. So I'm doing like that. And it's it's helping me to find new ideas. So I wish everyone cool. like that. And then about conference, mm -hmm. thousands of conference. So you always have to check information who's speaker, who's organizer, and so on. So you cannot say that okay, this is conference and you go and it will be amazing. No, nothing like that. So about so my message is about good information and good data and then good innovation all right thank you agil um it was great having you with us um also um thanks for joining our productized podcast if you enjoyed um your stay give us your review wherever you're listening to the podcast and share this episode with friends and colleagues you will also have show notes and um more episodes at productize.medium.com you can also join our community and we will be sharing the links um in there of some of the things we we spoke including the the bloomberg harvard program um the company of egla and many many more um this podcast was hosted by me and marquee with research by valina bogdan and sound editing by miguel Souza. have a great day Bye-bye, Agla. Have a great bye. day. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Bye, everyone. Enjoy.